0: On list, 2024, next on Eternal Turtles.
1: Hey, I just to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters out there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash Dirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. And with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Zach, you're
0: insane. You're insane. <laughs> I, I, Why I am thought, I insane? <laughs> I thought some of my choices. I thought some of my recommendations here were, you know, I was going to have to really go to bat for them. But Informed. Like, now yeah. I'm just like whatever, because your stuff is your stuff.
1: <laughs> your stuff is like, you can't defend this. I think I think where I'm coming from with, with my choices and and we'll, you know, we'll post a list and everything, but you're going to get to see all of them. Um, I think where I'm coming from with my choices here are that the format, it doesn't matter. There's no philosophy to the format, so things can use a shake-up anyhow, and a lot of these cards are only on the list because either one, like, you know, first caveat I always say about these, we're not taking financial considerations into consideration at all for these. So if something's on the reserve list and I want to unban, I put it on the list because that's just how I feel. Um, but beyond that, you know, some of the stuff I just look at and I'm like, it doesn't belong on the ban list and there's no reason it's on there aside from just like, no one's given this enough time to look at, which, you know, Hey, they just laid off 4,000 people or whatever. So yeah, probably they don't have enough time to, you know, give, give a good curation to the ban list for legacy, you know, one of their least popular formats. So, uh, to that end, let's start it off uh with with my very first pick uh on here and we're only gonna talk about the cards that we we changed uh our mind on or went off the ban list uh from from last year and you can find last year's video somewhere i'm sure i'll post it at the end or in the show notes or something but also uh, the... just
0: straight up put a put a straight up screenshot of our of this list that we're looking at right now in between us like yeah here it uh, is you... here it is Here's um, our picks. We're going to talk about them.
1: Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is Arkham's Astrolabe. I I think, and I did not think this last year, but I think that this card should be removed from the ban list. You just don't remember what it was like when this card was around. I do remember what it was like. You don't remember. I played, I played that deck. Like, I played de- decks with this card. To me, the only reason this card's on the ban list is because... God forbid we give mana fixing to people that don't have the budget to buy dual lands. That's there that's a- how I read this card. I'm 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 coming at this from like the the national democratic caucus. You know, uh, Hillary over over Bernie Sanders. That's that's how they're they're playing this. They just want the rich people to uh, to own and play all the best decks in the format. And this is a perfect example of of, of this scenario. If anything, they should reprint this card. Without the uh with uh, that just says basic on it, you dude, have to you have to fetch a basic. Play prophetic prism, dude. No, you, you can't a, play you prophetic prism. It can, it, can, it it costs too much. Oh, it costs too much. Why? I wonder why. Why do you think it costs too much? Because it doesn't cost one mana.
0: Oh, so what? What is keeping that from uh being playable in the format? It costs too much. What is what is yeah? What's <laughs> what, two mana? We're we're up the beanstalk, gamers. What, what 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 pray tell is keeping two mana off of your uh? your ability to think that it's playable.
1: Because what, what, by what the be the Because reason? when you need to be casting your two drops off of off of this, this Arkham's Astrolabe, it's too late.
0: Zach, I'm playing up the beanstalk, it's a two mana. It doesn't do anything I, other than draw okay, a card when immediately so comes in. Prophetic prism is, is the same way. What's the problem?
1: why why not unban this then? If you think a prophetic prism is a card that sh- that is good that is good enough, then why not unban this? I'm not saying prophetic prism is good enough. I'm saying yeah. you're saying you can't there there you can't play this
0: effect because you know the that everybody's trying to price keep out people who don't own
1: labs, yeah, It costs but prophetic WD prism ML is right there to put into play. It the, sure uh, does. That, that's that's not that's not uh, that's a no brainer. Like it literally costs double the mana. Um, I. Yeah. I mean, I want you to think totally about see. how many,
0: how many, how many one mana artifacts? How many one mana? Actually, I take it back. Let's broaden it. How yeah. many one mana effects on one mana spells permanents? ETB draw a card. It goes. You you play it. The, it's one mana. It ETBs it draws a card. Just that, I, that's the text. I, I, it's an okay, artifact. I, all I, it is. Ickerwell Spring for one mana. Zach, how many of those exist? Uh, no, I don't know how many. Do do any exist? Close to zero, <laughs> Close probably zero, zero. <laughs> because if it did, sure. you know what would happen? It would be all over legacy.
1: Sure, sure. Do you know,
0: what, like, like, uh, the, the, uh, how powerful a permanent ET being, like a one mana permanent ET being with any amount of anything that does anything. You want to know why Arkham's Astrolabe is bad? And it's, it's not banned just because it, it soft bans the basics you want to play with. You already can't really play with that many basics anyway because of how fast the format is. Sure. So, like, barring that, Arkham's Astrolabe's problem is that it nullifies the entirety of the, of the color
1: pie. Do you no, remember when f- five color five color decks? What right? does color pie you're- matter in this format where your the, the color pie doesn't matter anyhow?
0: Oh my god, our
1: Blood Moon <laughs> wasteland gamers over here, bro! If you played, if, yeah, it, perfect do you example. you this deck? This card removes all of those decks from the format, which uh, to me are trash decks anyhow. I'm sick of Damn. seeing stompy decks that play Blood Moon as a crutch. Like if you're a real deck, play like make a real deck. Don't just throw four Blood Moons and four Magus of the Moons into your deck that's that's bs as far as i'm concerned you're the type of you're the
0: you're you're showing me that you're the type (laughs) of person that's like oh i have an ailment what i need to do is get another ailment to make it so that i don't feel the previous ailment you're like you know what's really toxic blood moon and wasteland you know what we should do to fix that this other really toxic card instead of getting rid of the toxic things in the first place can
1: can i can i go full mc escher real fast and put a hot take inside of a hot take sure (laughs) um the reason why this card was banned is because people were sick of seeing snow-covered basic lands, and they didn't get to see the basic lands they love and hold dear in, in the format. And and uh, if this card had had a mana value that was like you could only use it on basics instead of snow-covered lands, it would be unbanned. Uh, I think it, wouldn't. it would, not, think it it would remembering... never have been banned. I should say,
0: you are distinctly forgetting the play patterns of what this card generated. You you remember the decks that it was in? It was in like fourteen color snowco dude. You want to know what like is <laughs> one of the top decks right now?
1: Thank you, snowco. Oco made this made this uh, good card because it turned into a three three. We can we don't have Oko. We should have this card back.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that the four and five color decks would love to have just an impenetrable uh, mana base of unwastable uh, cards that you can also just
1: make five. Every land is a rainbow land that can't be wastelanded. Like, to that end, to that end, I do want to say, if uh, in all fairness, if we go to a five-color mana base with this card, it's going to make Leyline Binding less castable because you're not going to have to lean so far into having all five colors out. You know, I think there
0: is something there, like, like there's some amount of tension with it, like the fact that it's. It, I think that it was pushed to the level that it turned any land into a rainbow land, as opposed to gating it in some other way, like. It's not like it was one tap at any color. You know, it was just tap. It just turned your land into rainbow lands. And so you effectively, off your basic island or your basic whatever, you were holding up Pyroblast, storm, Veil vale of Summer. Like, the, the, you, you could not play around anything because you had to assume your opponent had everything until they showed something to you in game one or whatever. So, like, granted, Oko did make it also a 3-3, and it also made, like, Icefang, Coadal, and shit like that, like, uh, actual playable cards. But... I, I don't as as toxic and terrible as I think fetchlands are I think it's worse if you are also if if we have to deal with wasteland right if everybody's like wasteland's like force will it's a check on the format like you have to have it you can't you can't ever envision a world without it well then you can't have something like this that then removes that check and then maintain the check because then you either have to be playing that check or you have to be playing Ark- Arkham's Astrolabe. So you've seen, no you've
1: seen through my the hole in my whole plot. You've 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 lifted the curtain uh, uh, on the great and powerful Oz here. I want this card unbanned so that I can start playing Eight Cast again, because right, people yeah. won't I mean, be the... able to play Wasteland, and thusly Eight, eight,
0: eight Cast will be much better. The one thing that I, I want to just caveat here throughout uh, this entire list that we're going to run through yeah. is that a lot of it is based on like what we talked about in last episode about like the stresses that the format is being applied yeah. with right now. And one thing that is appealing about Arkham's Astrolabe where when you said yes, the first thing that came to mind is I was like, oh, maybe that's interesting because it can't be tutored off of Urza saga. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, there's maybe a space to like play in where Urza Saga isn't just this thing that's, you know, getting every, making every other thing that would be reasonably playable just actually busted because you have it, you know, you have as many copies as you want attached to a Grave Titan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where my head initially went. But then I went back and remembered the play patterns of Arkham's Astrolabe, and I was like, it's actually like, I think that if there was a, a subtle adjustment made to Arkham's Astrolabe, if it didn't draw the card, if it, if it did something else instead, whether that's, you know, Scry or whatever, uh, if if there was, you know, if it was maybe castable off of, like, a particular kind of snow mana as opposed to colorless snow mana, like, if it was like, you can only cast it off your snow-colored forest, and now we're actually mana fixing, and it's like, okay, well... If I don't have the Arkham's Astrolabe on turn one and I'm putting a basic force to my deck, is that punishing? Like there's a little bit more space where like, if they just dialed another knob on it, like Mm -hmm. maybe I think as it stands, I would not unban it. I think, I think like making it so that you're giving the, this, the blue soup decks that are already playing all of the colors anyway, because they're, they're just, everything is power crept to the point where you have to. It, It, I don't think that it would promote anything healthy or fun or interesting beyond like, yeah, you can have your Emery and, you know, Goblin Engineer loops.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, a no for you on Arkham's Astrolabe, yeah. that stays the same. I changed my mind from last year on Arkham's Astrolabe to a yes. Let's go to the next card, a card that I changed my mind on. And, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised that I changed my mind on this. Uh, Deathright Shaman. We both have this as a yes.
0: Yeah, I would. Deathright Shaman is not a card that I'm like, oh, it's very obviously easily unbannable. I think it's one of the cards that I want to see within the, the pressures of the format now. I think yeah. at the time, like, y- you know, all the cards that it may have checked were too busted, like Treasure Cruise and all that stuff. It was too good. I, I think the format is, is a bit different now. Like, the, if you think about, like, the threats that we were playing alongside Deathrite Shaman, it was Young Pyromancer. like at the time that was the hotness was also playing it alongside young pyromancer i get you had Git probe and cabal therapy as like an incentive for that but like the best two drop you had access to at the time in the decks that were playing death rate shaman was young pyromancer now it was also played in elves it was played in uh you know maverick abzon style decks but like those decks like obzon and all that it can have some help anyway whatever cradle control is like you know a tier two two and a half deck it's fine it's definitely playable a top eight of the ew like you can certainly do it uh it, the fact that it's a one two so your Bowma- it, bowmaster doesn't just check every single mana dork out of the format that isn't delighted halfling which i <clears throat> in my mind delighted halfling is just incentivizing uh snowballing uninteractive yeah. whatever like because like if you play a delighted halfling, you're not trying. You're trying. I'm not trying to do anything that's interactive with the opponent. You're trying to do the thing that's like I'm just going to do something, and it doesn't matter what you're what you do, right? And I think if anything, I think delighted halfling, even though not as powerful as Star right, Shaman, is actually the worst
1: design. So,
0: uh, oh I yeah, I mean
1: I, I agree. The design is is less. It's less fun, and and it's also like slightly not as good. Um, yeah, but it's it, it leads to sh- it relatively shitty play patterns. Um, I th- yeah, I, I think that Deathright Shaman w- within the, the
0: confines that we have now of like how much more powerful the format has gotten since it was banned, like it was banned in what 2018. Let's go with 2018. I think it was banned in 2018 because it survived top. because yeah. um, probe it was banned at the same time as probe, okay. and I, I, I think that Deathright Shaman it, it, you know never lived in the fire design era and i'd be interested to see what it would look like in with given the way the, way the format looks now like you can go turn one death right turn two... like if if you're on the play and you go okay turn one Urza saga go mm-hmm.
1: and i'm like all right i'll play this death right shaman and you're like all it's right I'll funny play an the ancient and pass the turn how, how this would have not survived uh, like let's say it survived up until oko they would have banned this instead of oko
0: <laughs> I, I, it's just like
1: they the voted. other cards We'd still be dealing he, with. Okay,
0: like if you compare like where the other cards that are like the powerful one drop plays, mm-hmm. it's like is Deathrite Shaman more powerful than Dragon Rage Channeler?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, it's a I perfect don't example.
0: Know. Like is Deathrite Shaman more powerful than Ragavan?
1: Ragavan? No, I'm gonna say emphatically, absolutely not.
0: It, it, I mean, like, there's definitely debates because, like, they they incentivize different types of play, but, like, if Dragon Rage Channeler is the bar and we're willing to do that, like, Deathrite Shaman doesn't draw you cards. It's disruptive and it's a mana dork. It's, a, it's yeah. a bird's of paradise, like, assuming that there's something in the yard, but it's not guaranteed that you have access to all of the things that you wanted all the time. Like, I thought that, like, if we both have Deathrite Shamans on the table, like, that dance of, like, who that game of chicken is more interesting than if we both have Deathright Shamans to just turboing through it's, our deck
1: with, oh, every turn. It's interesting you mentioned that, Phil, because I think the advent of Deathright Shaman as a card that people wanted to play actually came after um, after the Energy Field, Helm of Obedience, uh, Rest in Peace version of Miracles kind of just went away forever, right? Because that card was unplayable when one of the most popular decks in the format, which it was at the time, uh stop playing the card that just made you have a squire, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the only other one drop that's played in the format right now at like a legitimate level that doesn't do something effectively when it uh, ETBs or, or when it like the turn it enters the table, like you can argue dragon rage, Chandler doesn't, but like dragon rage, Chandler Bobble is like one of the most common plays. Like it's do it's, it's getting some amount of value. Like it's a three, three most of the time, very, uh, very early on. And then it, is evasive and you don't interact with it like death right shaman at no point draws you a card at no point does it like i I mean i get that it's doing different things but like i think the the power level of death right shaman is just embodied in our minds because we contextualize it at the time when it was the most busted thing like the other deck that was really powerful in was actual factual elves and that deck is gone gone it's gone goodbye it doesn't exist your glimpse of nature uh, glimpse of yeah glimpse of nature right i'm forgetting the, the card's card. name that because i haven't seen that yeah. glimpse of nature your glimpse of nature uh, nature elves gone doesn't yeah. exist right and if they any player that does that is playing glimpse of nature elves is the equivalent to that deck like i am to miracles yeah. it's dead
1: you're and just, you're the you're only just player an doing old man it. yelling at clouds right yeah
0: and, and so like if anything i think of all of the cards on the list like is death right shaman very good yes but it was also at a time when all of the other cards were way worse
1: yeah, way so, worse. I, I would call this a very uncontroversial take as far as like what what m- uh, as far as the unbanning of this card is concerned. I do want to say this, uh, and then we can move on to the next card. Um, you convinced me last week that that this card probably doesn't belong on the ban list anymore. So of course, watch next week if you ha- or last week if you haven't um, last week's cast. But um, my final like thought on this card: the reason why I like twisted myself to saying, like, fine, whatever, you can have it back, is because uh, there is no philosophy for this format, so removing this card because of ubiquity, or whatever, like, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore, it's the same, that's why, that's also why I was like, okay, well, if we can have this, then we can have Arkham's Astrolabe, like, one, to me, is the same as the other, in in that regard, Um, but uh, it's the fact that, like, this was removed from modern because of, of just, t- there were too many, there was too much of it, right? Which is weird because Modern didn't have a, there's too much of this, uh, like, philosophy. They were just like, we just can't have, it, the win rate's too high, which is fine. But this was uh, removed because everyone was just crying about it, uh, me included. I, I, I probably still would cry about it to this day because I don't like the card. I think the design is terrible. Um, I would love to see it back at, back in Modern. I might play Modern again. But uh, I I removed it from my my hate list because I was like, there's no philosophy here, so who cares if this gets unbanned? We can have any one drop we want. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll wrap up the death right shaman thing by saying I think death shaman was a fire designed card before fire design existed. I think yeah. if it were printed, if it were printed now, we'd be like, "Wow, this is really powerful. It's really good." But like, there's there's choices to be made. Yeah. The dance is interesting. The disruption is is meaningful. Like, yes, you can you you burn them out of combat, but like, it, it's really like just look at Deathrite Shaman. Like, if Dragon Rage Channeler was printed back then instead of Deathrite Shaman, and it was banned the same way that Deathrite Shaman was around, and then Deathrite Shaman was printed in Modern Horizons two. And that's what we were playing with now, and we were looking back at Dragon Rage Channeler, Wouldn't we be looking at Dragon Rage Channeler the exact same way and be like, "That card was insane! Like yeah. surveil every time you cast a, yeah. a, a non-creature spell, and then it becomes a better Delver. That's insane, yeah. right?" We would be saying the exact same. In my mind, I think that we would be saying we would be talking about it very differently. I think it's a it's a uh, it's a victim of its era in that it was ahead of its time because it's way more powerful than anything back then and nowadays it would just be one of the many broken one-drops we have access to.
1: Phil, Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic the Gathering deck-building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to Legacy and even fan-supported formats like Pre Modern and Old School. You can see all of our decks on our Moxfield. Follow the links below to stay tuned. Phil, that's a great segue into our next card, A Victim of Its Era, Because I'm choosing, and you did not choose, and this is a thing I changed my mind on as well. I'm choosing Dig Through Time to come back. I think it's time to allow Dig Through Time back in the format. The decks that it was great in, uh, Miracles played it for sure. Um, But the decks that it really excelled in were like Sneak and Show. And that deck is all but dead now. I haven't seen a Sneak and Show deck in years. So if if the big thrill for playing Dig Through Time is to bring back a deck archetype that barely exists now, I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, I could see an argument for Dig Through Time. My issue is that, like, I, I think that anything that incentivize Like, if Dig Through Time did wasn't just straight delve, like, if it was look at the top n- cards equ- equivalent to the non-land cards who exiled, my real thing with Dig Through Time is that, like, you know subsidizing fetch lands even further is really where I'm just like, there's just no way.
1: Like Here, here's the question, Phil, if in a world where Murktide region exists and dig through time exists, do you think dig through time even sees play?
0: I would like to see, like, I think there would be interesting, like when they printed, there's a choice to be the, made at least, right? There's a choice to be made. We talked about it last week and I'm, I'm not discounting that because I do agree with that, that notion. I think there was, there's something if, if they printed a dig through time, that wasn't just, hey, your fetch lands are also soul lands. You know, like when they printed, I think it's called Farsight Ritual out of-
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with Farsight
0: Ritual. Farsight Ritual, it's like if you bargain it, you get to dig through time, but it costs four mana and it always costs four. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if they had printed that and if you bargained it, it costs two less. Like, you know, maybe there's something like, would that have seen, uh, would that see a ton of play or not? I'm not sure. If they just printed dig through time as it stood, and it said, uh, look at the top X cards, X is equivalent to the number of non-land cards you delved. Like, okay, maybe then we're, we're a little bit more interesting because now your fetch lands aren't also just, you know, converting a card off the top later on. I, I think that's really my issue with it, is that yeah. fetch lands are broken and yeah. we're not going to get rid of fetch lands anytime soon. So it's like, like, if Dig Due Time came back, would I enjoy like seeing, the parallel of like, which, which option do you go with? Do you go with the, over, the overpowered threat or do you go with the card selection? Like, obviously this would power up the combo decks or I mean, some of the combo decks. Would it be interesting? Sure, I think so. And then, you know, you can see if it actually balances out or if there's action to take. But what I really would like to see is just like an updated dig through time that just doesn't include the fetch lands being broken. And we're seeing them think about that to some extent. Like they still do things where they incentivize and, and subsidize the fetch lands further. Like they just printed or spoiled the recent, the new dual land set which is ETB tapped, but that has the basic land types. And then it's ETB tapped, but it, when it ETBs, you surveil one. So you can effectively fetch in your end step to surveil to like set up a draw. And so, in that regard, they clearly acknowledged. And, you know, um, what's this? Uh, what Mark Rosewater and Mike Turian in the uh, spoiler video uh, for day one of previews said that you can get it with your fetch lands. They, they, they acknowledge yeah. that you can do this with fetchlands. They're aware. They're doing it for fetchland interactions. But they're also aware of fetchland interactions because the new collect evidence mechanic coming out of the new uh, upcoming Murders of Karlov Manor is explicitly uh, not allowing fetchlands to be used to boost that mechanic. So collect evidence, the mechanic is, it's collect evidence number. So let's say it's collect evidence six. Mm-hmm. And then collect evidence means that you can exile any number of cards from your graveyard and if its mana oh, value yeah, is mana equivalent cost, or greater yeah, yeah. than whatever yeah. that number is, you get the upgraded effect. Sure. Now, you can remove any number of cards. So if you just want to clear your graveyard, you can do that. But you're removing a, a a fetch land for your collect bargain or your collect evidence cost will be zero. So it doesn't help you collect evidence. And in that regard, that's a workaround of this is like delve. You're delving cards out of your yard, but your fetch lands do not help with that. Yeah. And if they're working in that space, I would love to see like, Dig through time, collect evidence eight, or dig through time, collect evidence seven, or whatever that number actually looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, for dig through time, it was six. So if, let's say it was, it was six blue blue, and it was like, this card costs less for every, uh, All the for, evidence for, for the mana yeah, value yeah. that you collected, right? Yeah. Like if, equivalent to collect evidence, collect, collect evidence X, this card costs X less to cast for the amount of evidence sure. you collected and now that's really interesting because fetch lands don't boost it. And that that's
1: where I want to see a card like Dig Through time. I, remade. Yeah, I, would, I, I think that would be interesting. Um, yep. so, well, with that said, I think we've, we've, uh, we've gnawed all the meat off of the dig through time bone.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I, Phil, I learned today, um, a really great, uh, idiom. Uh, one of the guys that I, I was, uh, working with, uh, one of my, like, one of the like experts that I was working with, uh, today, uh, is French. And I, I have to assume this is like a French idiom. So a lot of times he was, he was going to, he was like, you know, instead of saying like, here's the big reveal, he's like, so when you open the kimono, which is just a wild, like concept, <laughs> it's just like, it's a real weird visual. It's like, open the kimono, you know, anyhow, uh, to open the kimono uh, on the whole drawing two cards for two mana thing, uh, expressive iteration. You said, yes, I said, no. I just think it's like expressive at the time. There was
0: nothing to compete with it. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're up. You're going up the beanstalk. Oh, my I, stance I, this,
1: here, uh good. and I'll let you go go on further than this. But my stance here is no, because dude, it's the same thing as Dig Through Time, but it is always two mana. You're not going it's, as deep for sure, but like you're getting two cards.
0: You are more often than not getting two cards. Yes, yeah. but that. The 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 incentives of how you are you now granted, like expressive iteration is probably the worst variation of this kind of effect in that it's incentivizing only in exactly what Delver wants to do, yeah. uh, which is just play proactive things that, you know, you can just apply you just cast stuff, you just do stuff. I I like I, I would love to see variations of these cards that ask something of you other than just do stuff. Just do, do, it, stuff. do it and then do, do the stuff. stuff that does more stuff. Like I would love it if there was actually some amount of thought behind do stuff.
1: We used uh, to we used to have we used to have a, a term for this in magic. It's it's called incentivized for playing poorly. Um, Curse scroll is a very good example of this. You're incentivized for having no cards in your hand, right? Like, th- and that's that's sort of what what I think you're getting at there. The like you just do whatever you can, and then like that becomes a resource somehow. I think that, it, in my mind, it's interesting that, like, everybody's like,
0: expressive iteration, way too good. And is that true? Maybe. Did it have any competition at the time that it was legal? Not even close. And now people are like, oh, well, uh, Questing, Dru- Questing Druid just won uh, Eternal, Euro- Eternal Weekend Europe, and that's a two-mana draw three. And I get that there's no selection, but you're guaranteed to get the threat on the other side. And that's also an instant, which means that if you flip over your Delver or your Days or your Force on your Expressive Iteration, you're not casting that shit. Whereas with Questioning Druid, if you're like, "Well, I need to find a counterspell," I'll instant speed this thing, and if you find the Force, you can pitch cast it. Like I I, I think that the, the the fact that there was no pressure whatsoever from any other cards that are even in contention of being relatively at the same power level for a similar effect as Expressive Iteration meant, again that like, of course it was too good, there was nothing else going on, and there was nothing else to keep up with it, so, you know, and I get that Delver was, was trying, was uh, the thing that was abusing it, and Delver is going to be the cause for a lot of the, uh, like, that shell is going to be the cause for a lot of things getting banned, but like, hey man, everybody was like, oh, it's so dumb because you can play Mystic Sanctuary and get it back, and then Days picks up your Mystic Sanctuary, and that's one of those things, again, where I'm like, is Days then the problem card because that's the one that's compressing the format. Expressive wasn't compressing your format. I mean, was Expressive keep making it so that those decks had fuel to keep up? Okay, sure. But is Questing Druid doing that too? Questing Druid won a tournament. Nobody's calling for that card to get the axe. But it's also because Questing Druid isn't the only option. People were like, oh, I'll play Grixis and play Orcus Bowmasters. There's a choice to be made. And I wonder if Expressive iteration would be in a similar vein. I don't know. Is it too good? It might be but it will at least have some amount of options to be made because it's like, okay, I'm going to go full Grixis and I'm going to play Expressive and Orcish Bowmaster and then you're a full turn slower. Yeah. You are, your clock is a lot slower. You're not applying nearly as much pressure as like just the straight you know, blue-red aggro delver and that's
1: interesting. I don't maybe, hate, maybe I don't hate that idea because I would like to see the deck slow down a little bit. You know, like, I, I'm, sick of, uh, like, I'm sick of having to immediately have an answer or win the game like within a turn or two. You know,
0: like there, there's there's some amount of that already being seen in that there's there's the questing druid rug version of, a, of Delver. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Grixis Orcus Bowmaster version of Delver. Granted, these are the same shells. Play patterns are the same. But like the interaction points on those two slots are different. Like they're critically different. But then there's also the four color monstrosity that's playing both Questing Druid and Orcish Bowmaster. And that deck maybe plays out a little bit differently too because it's way grindier. It's trying to do more stuff at two mana. The mana base is way worse, but the power level is higher because you get access to those cards. Like, okay, throw Expressive Iteration in the mix. What happens then? Make Spell Snare great again. Does questing druid just get cut altogether? Does orcish bowmaster just get yeah. removed from that list? Because you want to be cleaner and you're like, I'll play the slight green splash and just play all of these expressive iteration effects. But then if you're playing all of this card draw, that's not affecting the board, then are you going to be way slower? It's like when you remove that stuff, you're just like, okay, here's your Delver precon. Yeah. The only cards that are legal for it, the obvious best options, there's your deck. And you don't have to think about anything. This, it's like, back when uh everybody's like oh i missed the time where you could play bug delver and rug delver and Grisha delver and there's all these different flavors of delver and it's all the same shell it's doing the exact same play patterns but there's enough little spice differences that everybody's like all right there's, you want chinese you want enough. japanese yeah. you want szechuan right and it's like what Whoa. type of asian cu- <laughs> what type of asian cuisine would you like and they do they are meaningfully different right yeah. like if you go Agreed. out and have szechuan yeah. versus if you go out and have sushi you're going to have a very different experience now it's it's if i say hey do you want to go out for asian cuisine tonight and you're thinking szechuan and i'm thinking uh sushi then we're gonna we're on very different stratospheres right very different and i i'm like if 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 that's satisfying enough for us as a community with one archetype of a deck then throw more spice in there man maybe i want thai food yeah perhaps
1: it's a it's interesting metaphor to say the least um but yeah uh delicious and unique cuisines. What's that delicious and unique cuisines as a metaphor. It's the best kind of metaphor. (laughs) It is is a great metaphor. Um, I'm still in the camp of, of no, of no way Jose. Now uh, I do want to bring up a card that I changed my mind on from last year. uh, And that's good probe. And the, the reason for this Phil is because it didn't get banned for any real reason. I can tell, like it wasn't in a deck that was like winning every one of it. Like it got banned at the same time as Deathrite Shaman, just for reasons. Grixis Delver was the best format, best deck in that
0: format, and it was uh, four of in that deck. It was wasn't also it four of in... in
1: Grixis Delver. Yes. I don't think it,
0: it, was, was. It, it was. It was. It was Forager, Probe, four Cabal, three to four Cabal Therapy with Young Pyromancer. It
1: was also in Storm as Okay, uh, probe but that's with the Pyromancer. It was like giving like Are we in a world where like getting a one one off of one Pyromancer for for two life matters anymore?
0: It, it was in every single deck that uh play the, every combo deck that I, just wanted to look and see if the coast was clear. You wanna know why Gitaxian probe was banned I, and well, why she I never come back? I
1: brought up the reason that they, they said so I'd like to I'd like to read that uh before before it. you tell me your reason that that it was banned. Uh and so in the last paragraph here, while Gataxian probe's impact on the legacy environment has not necessarily reached a boiling point. It is a strong contributor to the, set, to the success of the most popular decks. Because of the negative influence Gitaxian Probe has on gameplay as a free spell and low-cost information advantage, we prefer to remove it from the format rather than needing to weaken strategies it facilitates in other ways. We've seen Modern end up with health uh, healthier without Gitaxian Probe, and it's time we take that step for Legacy. Now, would you say that Legacy got healthier or unhealthier after 2018? <laughs>
0: Zach, I just want to point out again, just because we had a disease then and we have a new disease now doesn't mean that we should be di- fully diseased at all times. Jitaxian yes. Probe was an absolute ne- like menace to the form. Every single game that Jitaxian Probe was part of, that game wasn't fun because it removed the information uh, uh, Not exchange. Not for you, the I had entirely. a blast. Jitaxian Probe sucks. And <laughs> I just want you to think of it. I, I, let, let's hypothetically for one second, let's just think of one game. We're going to start one game. You lost the die roll, Zach. I'm on the play. I'm that good. I'm on the play. probe Probe's legal. I go turn one, Dragon Rage Channeler, cast Probe. Is that the format you would like to play, Zach? Would you like to
1: continue that game? Kip, Do you want to keep going kip, with that game? You want to keep playing it? I have one question. You're going to get on me for saying Tefri, and you're going to keep saying Jataxian Probe? What are you calling it? Jataxian Probe. It's Ginghataxis. Gingkataxis. Gingja jin gin It's it's not a gut sound is it? To get get
0: It's named after jitaxis, No, Taxis crater. Isn't, yeah, g- Gingkataxis. Isn't it pronounced Jitaxis? I don't, Isn't it a hard g? I have
1: no idea now.
0: Or a soft <laughs> g rather? I thought Comments. Comments.
1: Thought so low. this hard is the real soft debate. G.
0: <laughs> this is the real di- this is the real F- fuck all these cards this is the real debate
1: yeah uh Jumptaxis yes or no gin gin taxes or gin did taxes how do you say pro- it? <laughs> it you get probe somebody but it's ginger taxes yeah i'll no, happily I'm here's probed. the thing
0: uh, okay i'll happily be wrong on the pronunciation because i'm objectively right on this card <laughs> should never all ever right, come off. on <laughs> ever this card, su- this might be the card that sucks the most on this list. And
1: there's a lot of cards that suck. Okay. Well, uh, how about Hermit Druid? Uh, I changed my. No, I, I I said yes, and I said yes last year too. I think this
0: card. Uh, I said no. I mean, granted, it's a one-one that has to untap, but I said no because it's just another one of those cards that, for like quality of life purposes, it really just destroys any any kind of interesting gameplay if you lose the die roll. Like, okay, turn one uh lotus petal land lotus petal hermit druid go you either have the removal spell or you are dead you can even go cavern of souls lotus petal hermit druid your force is dead now you need specifically a removal spell or you're dead right like that's just so uninteresting My stance to me is this term- card
1: is no less egregious than Thassa's oracle
0: i agree i i mean i'm i'm fully <laughs> on board with banning yeah. Thassa's oracle because yeah. it's uninteresting but like <laughs> I I don't think Hermit Druid is doing anything to make the format more interesting or more fun or any of the decks that it would be part of anything other than absolutely degenerate and not looking to do anything other than kill you immediately. And that just doesn't, is it too powerful for legacy? Probably not because like, you know, okay, bolt it, but like at the same time, it's
1: like, okay, well, if you don't have the removal spell, the game just auto ends and that's just so boring. Yeah. Um, my, my whole stance here was to, to make that point about Thassa's Oracle. um, the next card... We can agree uh,
0: on, if you want to throw Thassa's Oracle onto this list, then we can both say, yes, ban it. I mean, That's fine. Our,
1: our ban episode is, is later. We can do a ban episode later. I mean, poor went poor <laughs> out for lab, man, dude. Like, what an era. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next card, uh, I changed my mind to, yes, unban this card. Uh, you already had had it as an unban. Imperial Seal.
0: Yeah, Imperial Seal is a sorcery, uh, yeah. which I think is very different than something like Vampiric Tutor. Yeah, Because Vampiric Tutor end-stepping for whatever you need after your opponent's turn. But Imperial Seal at a sorcery, I get that, like, you can get any card. So it's obviously an upgrade from Personal Tutor, which is the only type of tutor of this kind of, you know, adjacent tutor like this. That puts it on top of your library, that sees any play, and it's just because you don't have copies of Doomsday. But the, the idea that, Imper- and yes, Imperial Seal has the upgrade of like, oh, you know, yeah, you can play it off your Dark Ritual mana and that's something. But, like, Imperial- Personal Tutor sucks. Every Doomsday player that plays Personal Tutor will tell you how that's the worst card in the deck. And if they didn't have to play it, they wouldn't. Uh, I, and I think that, like, the the cost of going down a card, plus the information that your opponent has, like, okay, if I go turn, if you don't know what I'm on, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I need to find the t- Doomsday, and I go turn one Imperial Seal Doomsday, that informs a bunch of things. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, maybe I'm not cantripping. Maybe I'm holding, or I'm not playing a threat. Maybe I'm holding up Interaction. Okay, I'm uh, my cantrip is now. Ha- it, I know how to find interaction. You, maybe there's there's other things to be said if like Imperial Seal becomes a meaningful part of the format because of all these mono black decks or whatever. Like maybe you play more stuff that interacts with the top of the deck. Like if you go turn one Imperial Seal, and we've seen that Portent has showed up not just in my decks but actually in winning deck lists. Like yeah. it was a two of in that Delver list that won uh, Europe. It's like Imperial Seal go. Okay, Portent you, right? Like oh, there's actually a huge cost there. Not only did you go down a card, but now you're not even getting it, right? Yeah. And, and then there's counterplay to be had. Like, I think Imperial still would be interesting to come off. Is it too good? Maybe, but I really doubt it because yeah. going down a card is just so, so devastating in
1: the world we live in now. I don't think it does anything interesting to the format, but I also think like, hey, they just they just reprinted this card. Like, sure, why not?
0: Yeah, I, I think that like, the if, Imperial seal, I, I think at a sorcery speed, if anything, I think it's probably underpowered by yeah. the, the, the the way that we play today. <clears throat> uh, I think it would be interest. It would open up some amount of deck building space that I think is kind of interesting. And there's counterplay to it, obviously, because it's a sorcery. You go down a card, which is, you know, the most punishing thing you can do. And I, I think it would be interesting to come off. And now that they've reprinted it, the financial barrier that we don't care about isn't even, yeah. you know, all that all that much of a hurdle.
1: Well, speaking of cards, they should reprint into oblivion. Uh, both of us have yes on unbanning Library of Alexandria.
0: Yeah, reserve list, so they can't actually do that until they do, do away with that stuff. But but uh, come on, yeah. cowards. I think the only thing that Library of Alexandria like when we talked about it last time, Lorian Revealed didn't exist. And nowadays your colorless mana source can fetch you a colored source,
1: which is, you know, that's, uh, something that's, that's interesting. Something, now we can play four Library of Alexandria with no consequences.
0: I, I get that like Library of Alexandria, like if you're on the draw and you have access to four library and then it's like, okay, maybe you're on library plus Lorian Revealed and like that's maybe too good. But like, again, if you were just, if, if Urza Saga, was printed instead of library of Alexandria and library of Alexandria was printed in modern horizons 2. And we looked back and we go, can you believe Urza saga existed? That card yeah. was absolutely <laughs> insane. And yeah. like library of Alexandria now, you're like, like ah, draw the, the card. The, whatever the, the, the debate would not be <laughs> yeah. close. Yeah. No, Urza right. saga is so, so far and away in my mind, <laughs> infinitely more powerful than library of Alexandria because library of Alexandria is good in only and exactly the circumstance of I am on the draw and I have it in my opening hand. Yeah maybe you on the maybe play. on the
1: play and you're on it's in your opening hand because at least then you get to your draw step and then you draw a card and but then you're playing off curve that's a that's, that's a consequence it's true it's true but it's it's not bad per se um i'm just saying that you know it's not obviously it's not as good as being on the draw but like do you want to be the deck that has to be on the draw screw playing off curve if you're drawing an extra card every turn who cares but it's a colorless mana source
0: that, like, the only thing that you can do with colorless mana in this format is the land cyclers, as as far as I'm aware. Beyond like, you know, play of grindstone or whatever, you could but, put like, prophetic prism into play, bro. Dude, that's on turn two though. <laughs> so, but but oh, li- yeah. library, is but, that not good enough? That's not, yeah. You know, I mean, you just get dazed, <laughs> right? That was what I was alluding to before. Yeah, yeah daze yeah. is your problem. Oh, okay, so, yeah. But listen, yeah. so, so Library of Alexandria, like, let's say you were on the play as the Library of Alexandria deck. If you go Library of Alexandria, go, your opponent can be like, okay, wastelanded. Right? Of right? Of like, yeah. the, the, the same way that if you went Urza Saga on turn one, they have, I, well, I'm, I probably got to wasteland that if I can't deal with the constructs. But, like, there is no doubt in my mind that in a pound for, for pound matchup between Library of Alexandria and Urza Saga, Urza Saga is leagues. Leagues yeah. more powerful. It'd be, I- it I'd be interested
1: close. in seeing what the format looked like if if you could build like a four of Library Alva- Alexandria deck with the Land cyclers. I think I think I would be interested in what that format would look like because it would feel very old school to me, and maybe that's just because it's one of the better cards in old school. Um, but I think I think it'd be interesting to see if you could grind it out with uh with Library of Alexandria if you just had access to enough resources, like you. Looking at vintage as just like the
0: only, I get that Library of Alexandria is restricted in vintage, but like if you just look at that, the, the space of where that play pattern is of colorless mana source, plistalorian revealed, you have to play wastelands you, wastelands, you have to play your strips. Nobody, Nobody reaches for Library of Alexandria. Yeah, no it is just not existent at all. Yeah. And I get that it's a one of and it's in, and if you don't draw it in your opener, it's bad. And it may be different if it's a four of, but like that has never been experimented with in a meaningful format that like in our our modern lifetimes. And it is laughably underpowered by comparison to Urza Saga. Do you the know, fact that
1: like Phil, that yeah. there was a point in time where Maze of Ith was restricted?
0: I do remember that because I played, <laughs> and I and, and I get it because I've now played enough of the older form, the older locked formats, yeah. where you're like, I can't believe Maze of Ith is a is a card.
1: And again, again, that's People another one to of those cards where rant, like rent, like we rent now. They used to rent about how. Insane it was that this card that you spent no mana on could stop a creature for the whole game. And you want to know why? And then because you at could the time it you... stop my next creature.
0: Because at the time, your creatures didn't have static effects that punished your opponent for taking game actions, didn't yeah. atb to draw some amount of it's value. True. Like it was an entirely different world. Your creatures, the thing that you were paying for was power and toughness. Yep. And that card turned off power and toughness. Where, like
1: Maze of Ith, maybe you see it in played in lands, you know as a two of or something you imagine but... like if of was a card that people played and were like and dragon rage chandler just existed during that era they'd be like i don't care <laughs> you want to know what like where
0: where of vith got it right though and i get that they don't print lands anymore that don't make mana but like the fact that okay it's a land but the the, the cost of it not producing mana was actually it the was interesting yeah. trade-off that you had to make and it's like i think now now that we're on the urza saga kick of like it being actually the most busted land like Think about all of the busted lands that exist in the game. You have Bazaar. You have Mishra's Workshop. You have Seafarers Quay. I guess you could Adventures, argue Strip Guildhouse. House. You have Guildhouse. You could argue Stripmine. <laughs> but you, the, you know what's like? It, it's like you have Bazaar, Mishra's Workshop, Talerian Academy, and fucking Urza Saga.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that, that's it. That's moving my on. Uh... Lur- is a is land banned is it urza saga no then it doesn't need to yeah, be yeah it doesn't
1: matter um all right moving on loris the dream den i said sure take it off the ban list i don't care companions too broken but this was banned when companion didn't cost three mana am i right
0: uh it was banned even when it had three mana it was banned in vintage my guy
1: I know, it, well, it was banned in Vintage, which is wild, but it was banned in Vintage during when it, when it didn't cost three mana, and then they unbanned it in Vintage, because yeah, they I, were like, I, okay, we fixed this rule, and now, and now we don't have to, like, go through the looking glass on what, uh, on what Vintage is again. You know, Vintage I, is the place where every non-dexterity card is unbanned. Here's the threshold that I would put it at. Lurrus of the Dream Den
0: without Companion. You have to play it in your deck. You have to run it in some number. Is it powerful enough for Legacy as it stands? I think we companion. talked
1: about that last year because this is this was one I didn't change my mind on. But I think now, like, with three mana, Companion, like, I don't care. Like, someone's just going to be like, okay, I paid three mana and put this into my into my hand. And, like, a Delver deck's going to be like, cool, well, you're dead. You want to know how insanely powerful Lurrus
0: was in that you don't ever have to draw it until you want to? Hmm. One of the top decks in that meta, obviously it was all Delver because, you know, Luris is only incentivizing the stuff that Delver is already the best yeah, at course. doing. You want to know what people did? What top decks did? They played Meddling Mage to name Luris. That's how powerful it was. You played the card just to name the card that was free so they couldn't play it. Luris of the Dream Dense effect is individually unique. There is no other, card, no other card that does me. what it does. It is like the card of Loris, even without companion, just the effect of pulling any CMC uh permanent of two or less from your yard every turn does not exist as a parallel anywhere. The closest thing is Emery. That's it. Yeah. That's the closest thing is Emery. And Emery is uh Library of Alexandria on a stick.
1: Yeah. Um all right, well, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not hard, hard about uh, that card in particular. I just th- I, I just didn't change my mind from last year. Um, you want to know
0: what I get to do if I, if I have access to Luris, hmm. I can still play all of the busted cards that, are, that, that uh, aren't creatures, that aren't permanents, right? I'm going to play up the beanstalk Lurus, and you want to know what I'm going to put in my deck? No fucking win conditions, because I don't have to. <laughs> I can do everything yeah. to stop everything that you're doing, and then when you're done, when you're ready to tap out, then I'll reach into my sideboard
1: yeah it's too good all right uh the next card we both agreed on and we agreed on last year when will they unban mana drains
0: zach after all of the hostility that we have had in this cast which has pretty much in, only specifically been derived from me targeted <laughs> only specifically at you which i i now you know Post uh, mortem, apologize for, but I'm happy that we can agree on mana drain.
1: <laughs> mana drain. I mean, you know, uh, if, if nations can come together on mana drain, I feel like dude, the the the,
0: the two arms, me, man, you, me, mana
1: drain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, there's not much more to say. Like, what what would change? Uh, the only the only difference between now and last year is that people would play uh, the one ring off of this card, which just incentivizes you to actually play this card and, and maybe give it a home.
0: Yeah, I just think that a two mana counter spell is just so like you. I get that even there's the, like with the conditional upside of like maybe you make colorless mana after the fact, mm-hmm. but that would also presume that you're playing like let's say you were playing counters like actual factual counter spell in your one ring deck, and like the fact that that's not even a remote consideration even in the slightest, if anything, uh the one ring only incentivizes you to play more free counter magic so you'd be on force of will and force of negation before you even touched a a a spell that costs mana yeah like that's the, the format is so fast that it's only incentivizing free counter magic because you can't afford to Rashad and port yourself by holding up counter magic that may not line up we've had that conversation with like spell snare and stuff like the cost is just too steep because the threats end the game way too fast yeah you you can't afford to not be using your mana particularly if it means that there's a car that is otherwise effectively dead in your hand so the the idea that you would spend you would do that for two mana it doesn't have cycling it doesn't have another alternative other than pitch casting it to the better counter spell yeah so if if counter spell isn't even in you know counterspell is like okay maybe it's fine and modern but like it is not remotely close to playable in legacy anymore and mana drain i don't like even if mana drain came off i think it would have the same outcome that uh uh what's the storm card that came off that i can't even
1: remember mine's Mind desire. desire which is funny because that was a card uh let me let me just look because that was a card i think we agreed on last year that we didn't care about like i, I think, think i think we said maybe. Like, we were like, yeah, yeah like, whatever. Maybe. Mind's Desire ran into
0: the unfortunate fact that they printed Beseech the Mirror, which is the most busted just, just thing they've better. ever printed for Storms. Yeah, since we both Dark said Ritual. maybe about Mind's
1: Desire last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think Mana Drain would have a similar thing where the initial dopamine hit of getting to try this card that you haven't gotten to play for a long time would be really exciting. Yeah. And then the more and more people played with it, the more and more they'd be like, oh, maybe I should cut this for, some, for this thing. And then eventually you'd get down to zero copies the way that Storm was like, originally. Oh, yeah, it's dire. like Mind's
1: Desire, it doesn't matter. It yep. could be it could be brought off the ban list and it no no one would care too much, but it would have you'd have uh, a, a resurgence of people trying it. Bryant Cook would try it in Storm. <laughs> for the memes. Manager like.
0: No. <laughs> Tony Scaponi would try it in
1: PO. Yeah, there you go. Um all right. Uh so uh here's a list of cards that didn't change for us at all. Uh these were the same as last year. Uh Mind Twist. I said sure. You said no because who needs that nonsense in in uh, in magic? And I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I just don't care. But after losing yeah. to uh, uh, after losing to a mono a mono black pox deck uh last week, uh, you know what? I I kind of agree with you now. You have him to
0: Turok, which is arguably better than mine. Twist. Yeah, I exactly. get that. Like, if if mine twist is ever better than him to Turok, then it's just uh, the game is shitty, right? Like if at any point it's, it's, it's the degree of this being better than him to (laughs) Turok, that game isn't fun for anybody. And I just don't see a reason to like incentivize anybody to try and have that kind of gameplay. Sure. Uh,
1: The next one is mystical tutor. You said yes. I said no. Mystical tutor. I
0: I could definitely see myself being very wrong on. I imagine that the cost of going down a card is really steep. And I know that the uh, people who have played uh, personal tutor again when we we're talking about imperial seal the difference of this being an instant even though it's for instance the in sorceries as opposed to any card it being an instant might mean that it's too good it's closer to vampiric tutor than it is yeah. to uh imperial seal
1: i mean for the deck it, that it's one of those is better than imperial uh, better than a uh, uh, vampiric tutor
0: right but the only deck that would want that currently at the moment is doomsday. exactly an only doomsday now it, it, w- w- could this open up some maybe other space for other combo decks? Like, would, would Mystical Tutor give High Tide a bump? Or like, you know, is, are there decks that we don't even know because like Mystical Tutor would help them give the consistency that they need to actually see play? Like, going down a card is a very significant cost. And I could I could definitely, like the other ones, I'm feeling fairly confident on. Mystical Tutor, I could easily see myself being wrong, but it's the one that I would want to give the experiment. I'd be willing to take the six months of the experiment of maybe being wrong that and but also maybe being fine
1: one card that i have remained stalwart on that i will not change my mind on uh that we have a a patreon uh shout out to our patreons right now our pa- patrons uh shout out to them uh but we have a whole patreon tier to this card unbanned necropotence you cowards.
0: Remember when we were just talking about how Doomsday doesn't have Doomsday's copies five through eight? <laughs>
1: yeah. But right. you can't even uh, uh, get a super personal tutor, dude.
0: Right. You know what you would, you, you know what you, hey, if, if I know, Necropotence I is unbanned, <laughs> I, I sure do need to open up some slots in my deck ah. for this Necropotence I yep, got now. Yep
1: maybe no it's too good okay uh, Dude,
0: yeah, for what it's worth galvanic relay does a really really good necropotence uh
1: it does it uh, does it basically like I, I lost to that uh last that was the other deck that i lost to la- last week uh was was a uh, storm playing galvanic relay and i was like well this is terrible
0: yeah but you want to know it's way way better than galvanic relay Turn one uh, dark a ritual? galvanic, relay, a galvanic <laughs> relay that you can cast off of dark ritual that yeah. then also fuels your beseech the mirror yep
1: yeah Oh man, that's, and in and, and a, and a pinch, you could use it, you could get rid of it with Beseech the Mirror so you could start drawing cards again <laughs> if you were yeah. in that bad of a shape. Um, yeah. All right, the next the next one is Oath of Druids, which uh, I said yes, you said no. Why yeah. no?
0: I mean, have you played against Oath of Druids before? <laughs> I have, yes.
1: Yeah, I okay. played against, when it first came out, I played against it. People were like, Haha, two mana, Sarah's Avatar, I got you. So
0: I want to talk about what we talked about with Hermit Druid. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, you lost the die roll again in this example. Sorry, bud. You, keep, you got to win some die rolls at, at some point. Uh, you aren't a Force of Will deck, okay? And if you're not a Force of Will deck, that probably implies that you're one of two things, right? Your Dark Ritual combo or your Creature deck. I'm on the play. I'm going to go. Uh, what's the land that gives you a Creature? Orchard? Forbidden Orchard. Forbidden Orchard? I'm going to go forbid, Lotus Petal, Forbidden Orchard, play uh, Oath of Druids, you're dead. If I don't have the Forbidden Orchard, I'm going to go uh, land Lotus Petal, for, uh, for, um, land Lotus Petal, Oath of Druids, and you can't cast creatures ever. Make disenchant great again. We need to get <laughs> disenchants back in
1: our format. Four of in every deck. Um, I, I, I'm just like not, I, I, I want to see, see that in action. If it's terrible, get rid of it in a month I don't care, the card costs Like three bucks now, they've reprinted it uh, In like a commander product, so it's not even Like a situation where like, everyone's Going to be like, oh no, they Reprinted Oath of Druids and it's Five hundred dollars a pop Um, alright, Sensei's Divining Top, you say yes, I Say no Why, why Phil, why Do you need this card? I said yes for the brand <laughs> Yeah, you can't not say no. Uh, yeah. Just so that you could play, uh, just so you could play uh, Urza Saga too. I, I get it, man. You want to be an Urza Saga gamer just like the rest of us, bro.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, no. I, since since I stopped, I said yes, but no, you can't. Like, as a, all the one mana artifacts will forever have to be looked at through the lens of the actual busted card. So yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this. This would also be a no for me if I was anybody other than who I am.
1: So why uh, why not, not Skullclamp then? So. <laughs>
0: You said yes to Skullclamp. I said yes to and, Skullclamp. I'm in. And the, it, like, Do it. it what, I, I saw you say yes to Astrolabe. I saw you say yes to Hermit Druid. Mm-hmm. I saw you say yes to Oath of Druid. I opened it up. I was like, I was, and then like and all this time, I was
1: like, you said yes to Jutaxian Pro. I'm saying yes. So this is a perfect time for me to chime in. The reason why I said yes to all these cards is because if all these cards are unbanned together, I think the format balances itself out a little bit into a wild, into whatever wild this, west whatever this format is Not, in, i don't into know a into a wild
0: it. west of degeneracy that doesn't last beyond turn two now when when i got to skull i thought like for the first ones i was like man i don't know where your head's at but i'm real curious and then
1: once i got to skull clamp i was like now he's trolling me no no skull clamp like skull clamp is spe- would be specifically good in a in a X one deck, right? Well. Right now, everyone's saying X1 decks can't even exist because of Bowmaster. So let's, like, put that to the test.
0: Dude, you know the two, two major significant players in the format? Urza Saga and Orcish Bowmasters? Yeah. And you know what's good with both of those cards? Skullclamp? We, we sure do need to make our Bowmaster <laughs> and our Urza Saga better. We just need those decks to have free Ancestral Recalls. Yeah. We sure do need that. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Hey, you know what? You know what we should do? I'm, you know what? I, when I don't need Lifelink... <laughs> off of my Shadow Spear, you know what I'm gonna get? I'm gonna get this thing that Pot of Greeds me if you deal with my threat that's killing you. Pot, that's what I'm gonna do. Agreed. And then if you and then if you deal with that threat after I've drawn two cards, I'll equip it to my other one and then you have to deal with that one and then I'll draw two more cards. Yeah. Come on, man.
1: Come on. I'm still, into it. Let's go clamping, reasonable. Let's go clamping, <laughs> right? Uh, the, okay. Uh, on to Survival of the Fittest. We both said that this can come off. We did not change our minds from last year we agreed last year that this could come off as well.
0: Yeah. I think it's another one of those, like, you know, it's a problem of its time. Yeah. in that like, at the time you had you at the era where it was banned, you had time to like
1: put a Vengevine in the graveyard every turn. (laughs) You know, I'm even more on the unbannedness in a world where like the two mana, like enchantment that is green and one is, is way more degenerate than this. Uh, Up the Beanstalk is way more degenerate than this card.
0: Yeah, survival of the fittest. And now, is it incentivizing interesting gameplay? I mean, it, it could. might. I mean, it could. I, I think I like the the survival of the fittest decks of old would not look like anything like the survival fittest of the, the survival of the fittest decks now because the creatures that you have access to are unbelievably more powerful. So, I mean, is a rec- a recurable tutor too good for the format? Maybe. Like I, the only thing that I, I the only home that I think this goes in, uh, you know immediately as like, maybe there's some tension with the green sun scene at decks or like, uh, you know, maybe the, the cradle control decks, like cut their, you know, English
1: breakfast variant in legacy.
0: Like maybe they get rid of their <laughs> fiend artisans to play survival of the fittest instead. Like maybe there's that upgrade and maybe that they don't need that. And it isn't really doing what we would want, but like, is it too powerful? I don't think so. Probably yeah. not. Like is it, would it, would it, yeah oh, I'll press the format, no
1: way, so the only card on here uh that I included that we both said no on was a card that I changed my mind from last year, um and that's time vault. I think time vault should should remain banned uh just because <laughs> like that's that's nonsense who yeah what what was I drinking last yeah. year that I thought that that would be okay?
0: I love that you were like, you know what uh i'm gonna I'm gonna open my four up time vault deck. With my Urza sagas, that'll fetch me think, my keys. I think
1: that's what it was, Phil. Is that like I hadn't, I had only even really messing around with Urza sagas for like maybe like three months at the time, and I wasn't fully on the boat of like this card is just bonkers.
0: You know what it is? It's 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 just a faster, uh, cleaner, more resilient painter.
1: Yeah. Well, on top of that, Phil, um, time vault in in a world where people are playing. Uh, Besiege the Mirror, Time Vault is is like literally just the other card you need to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm saying (laughs) that like the closest thing that you have of like the two mana artifact plus one mana artifact win the game is Painter, but that's a six mana line or a total of six mana, even though Urza Saga does, you know, discount it and tutor you. Urza Saga would also discount and tutor you here, but it's instead with Urza Saga a three mana line, without Urza Saga a four mana line, and that is too strong because. You know, obviously,
1: because yeah, um, then uh I, apparently we had another one that uh, one of the two of us changed our minds on, uh I did, or probably. or I just uh didn't realize what was going on, uh windfall, uh we both said no, and I think that's just like obviously, uh, but maybe it was because we were on the same page with uh with um what's it called uh mind's desire, and we were just like who cares?"
0: Yeah, I don't know where it uh, was,
1: but... Windfall, for you, uh, was a medium of minus. So you had, like, a... Sorry, a maybe minus. So you had, like, a, 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 I, I I don't know if it should be. You were, like, could be, could not be.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, my headspace is, like, you have, like, LED Echo. And the thing about Windfall is that, again, I don't think it would actually create any interesting deck-building choices. The only thing Windfall is doing is... I want to affinity my hand onto the board and cast windfall. Yeah. So you don't actually gain anything from the uh from the recycling of cards, and I just get a full new grip. And there is no other more powerful incentive other than only exactly that. Yeah. And that is not interesting. It's not fun. Rewarding. And it's for not something that I think anybody usually
1: they call that.
0: <laughs> so like. It's similar, like, when Days Undoing first came out, people were experimenting with, like, Affinity Listed and Days Undoing to, like, offset the same way that you would with, like, the same way that you would with, like, Time Twister. But the difference of you get to draw, like, if your opponent has more cards than you and you get to offset that, it's different than we both equivalently draw seven. And I think that it's just not going to, like, is it too powerful? Maybe not. But I don't think it's I it's in the mind twist category for
1: me of just like who who wants that? Why? Ren and six, I have as a yes, unban this card, you have it as a no. Uh last year I had it as as like so sort of the similar thing to you is like a maybe I had a maybe plus, uh, which we're not doing any we're not doing maybe's, like pick pick a side. Uh so I, I had this as a maybe plus. Uh and I think that like again, in the context of all the other cards, you know, like what what was one of the reasons why they banned Renin Six? Six? Uh, was it because uh, it ruined all the one drop? Sorry, the X one uh, synergies in in the format. Well, the, we already have a card that does that, and everyone sh- seems to be fine with it. So I say, if you are worried about two mana cards that stop people from playing X ones, you know, let's talk about Orcish Bowmaster then.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with that idea. I think that like the idea I, I said no to pulling Renin Six back up, but I pulled it up for a different reason than
1: yeah.
0: uh, it locks out the X ones. I agree that it does. And I think that's much more of an indictment of Bowmasters than it is a slight against Renin Six, even though Renin Six came first. Uh my take on Renin Six was uh that having a much cheaper crucible lock that is also a win condition on top of that after the fact. Yeah. Uh like if it if the crucible lock didn't plus on Renin Six but the fact that you're building towards your ultimate while also being a crucible lock, that's where I go. Ah, is it all that compelling or interesting? Like,
1: I feel like Wasteland is. You think if they switched the two of them, it would it have been? Even... It would have been different. If you had what? If if it was if it was plus one to do a pointed damage to a creature, planeswalker, or player, right to any target, um, and then the negative two was to get a land back from your yard. Do you think that that would have been a card that would have been? You know, better or better for the format, I should say.
0: No, it's still it, it's still degenerate. Just because it's 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 another one of those. It's a it's a two mana hard to interact with permanent that locks you out. But this one, it locks out in multiple ways. Like Bowmaster is probably getting the 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 nod in that. Like you know, there's the the fail safe of like you can still cast your cantrip. It's just going to cost you you know your entire life total. Yeah. uh Whereas like Ren six is just like okay. I can never actually leave a non-basic land exposed. Uh, and, you know, is it, is it good? Like, the, should there be more tension against the decks that have bad mana bases? Like, maybe that's more interesting than, like, you know, all the Blood Moon effects in that, like, you're incentivizing Ancient Tomb decks instead of, you know, gruel decks or decks that have access to red and green. But, like, it's never actually honest red and green. And, again, when you were talking about how Oko, you know, is what pushed label over the top, uh, do you remember like the most powerful versions of the Renin Six decks it were it was a two basic yeah, island two basic them. swamp it was a, yeah it, the deck played two basic islands, two basic Rogue swamp over at the time, and it played no forest, like the deck could only cast Renin six off of astrolabe yeah yeah yeah, so like if that's a, a nod to how powerful astrolabe is like you know, but then once Renin Six was, you know, again Renin Six was that two mana thing that Bowmasters now is currently occupying. Where we went from Renin and Six, and then we went to Expressive Federation, and now we're at Bowmaster, Maybe questing Druid because that, you know, but like, uh, is it could Ren and Six come off? I think Ren and Six by itself probably not. Could it come off if Expressive came off and Deathwatch Shaman came off and all these other cards came off? Yeah, maybe then maybe then we're at a power level where it's reasonable enough. But like. I don't think giving your best deck in the format that's been the best deck forever uh, access to uh, Crucible Lock to just you know I, I don't that's my defense. Fair this enough. Is, it, it, do, do, do we need to subsidize the best yeah. deck further?
1: Um, all right, Yagmos bargain.
0: We both said sure. Hold on, I actually want to take that back. <laughs> I said, do we want to subsidize, subsidize the best deck? What do you think that a Renin Ren Six came off that there would be any discussion between that versus questing druid or bowmaster
1: no i think i mean i think maybe maybe there would be maybe you would play all of them uh but i think that would be the discussion do i play all of these or do i play red and six
0: now if expressive iteration and red and six came off what do you think would you think you would just be on the exact same way i think yeah you would just play both of them so what are you cutting in those instances
1: um you're probably going more mid-range you're probably like playing like a soup deck instead of like a delver deck
0: okay so you're just you're just, saying that it would it would it would move delver closer to four color variance. yeah you're
1: you're going you're going more mid-range you're removing the the uh dragon ray chandler and the delver and you're playing those two cards instead
0: how how do you think about renin six versus something like up the
1: beanstalk would you play both i don't think you can play both in the same deck um I don't think you should, at least. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that is the choice you, you have to make. There is like, do you want to be, do you want to be the wasteland deck, or do you want to be the, you know, the four color soup deck, five color soup deck? I,
0: I mean, I, th- I I think th- this is actually so. Ren and six is the one that I want to hear from most now in the comments yeah. on this because, like, I came in thinking that there's no way, but you know, talking about how like the other stuff is powerful, like. I think one of the most interesting parts about unbanless discussion is the pressures that are applied by that context between what are the choices that you actually make and actually diving a little bit deeper into like, what do those decks look like? Because yeah. if you're like, okay, maybe questing druid and run six because they're in color, but then you actually have to commit to green. You can't just play like the one-off trop and, you know, it's fine to cast the creature when you have access to it, but otherwise you're just doing it for the value. Uh, but then, like, okay, renin six. And if you're playing renin six and expressive, and you're upping your curve, like expressive iteration is going to punish you for upping your curve, because then you're going to have more. Like, you're not going to convert two cards in those instances. So maybe that's interesting. Uh, like, okay, you know, is renin six wasteland lock? Does that incentivize, you know, the the delver decks to slow down to keep up, which means that that you then have more time to fetch basics. Uh, to like develop better because you have actually time to develop now. So you don't have to like walk yourself into wasteland just in order to keep up with the fact that they yep. have eight, one mana three power flyers. There's actually some interesting discussion there. I am not as hard and fast. No, on Renin and six as I was coming into the episode.
1: All right. Well, uh, you, that's good because you've changed my mind a few times on some of these cards and I'm glad I was able to finally do it for you on a card. that Honestly, I think is, is probably one of the hardest cards to defend in truth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I mean it has fallen entirely out in modern. Mm-hmm. But the only difference between legacy and modern in terms of where Renin6 is cuz for the most part we're playing we're all playing the same threats. But I mean I get that the incentives in some of the matchups like you know primeval titan is not a deck in legacy. Sure. Uh unless you consider Claude Post a legacy uh a, it's not uh, even a, primal, a primeval primal titan, titan deck, deck which I which I don't necessarily consider. No. It is a primetime deck but
1: it has it's not primetime, a prime-time in, deck. in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not prime time in the same way. Yeah. But uh Renin 6 does not have access to wasteland in modern. And but if it did, I'm sure it would be everywhere. Yeah. And the domain the four color, the four and five color, you know, control list with leyline binding would just cease to exist. Um But I don't know, maybe maybe you're just playing Renin 6 as a way to offset the fact that there you're you know, again, the, the the best way to combat a card is a copy of the card, right? Yeah. If you're going to wasteland lock me, I'll just pick up my lands again with my own Renin 6.
1: All right, so we've got two cards left and I don't think we we should spend too much time on them. Uh but I think if we're going to spend time on one of the two of them, uh Yawgmos Bargain, uh it's interesting that we both said yes uh on this and we both said yes yes last year. And I'm not 100% sold on my yes, but I think like if if Beseech the Mirror exists, this card is no better than Beseech the Mirror at the end of the day.
0: I think the way that we compared this was that if Grizzlebrand exists,
1: there's no way that exactly, you know, like,
0: because yeah. Grizzlebrand is a lot easier to put into play. Than it's the funny because I don't
1: even give a shit about Bri- Grizzlebrand anymore.
0: Yeah, you're you're effectively dead regardless <laughs> either way, right? Yeah. Like, it, it was one of those things where it's like, if the Grizzlebrand hit play, it's like, well, now you have the argument of like, oh, Grizzlebrand or Atrox, it doesn't matter. You're dead either way. Yeah. Like, it's you put the fatty into play, you're dead. Like, it's it, who cares what the effect is? You're dead. Like, okay, yeah, they maybe play Atraxa to get around Bowmaster, but you're dead.
1: It's um, it's wild to think about the, the context of, of, you know, our, our decisions last year, when now, like, you know, I said that, like, they'll never make something better than Grizzlebrand. How could they? And then they were like, well, what if it pitches to Force of Will? <laughs> you know? What if it pitches to everything? Yeah. Yeah. To everything. Indeed. Um, all right. And then the last one uh, was one where uh, we disagreed on again. Uh, Zerta the Dawnbreaker. Dawn, Dawn Waker uh and i just don't it's a card i just don't think it matters if it's banned or unbanned like if that becomes a deck that people play fine i don't care you know what it is i i i said no uh,
0: for the same purposes that i said no for like all of the stuff that it's it's just not doing anything uh, it isn't doing anything is, interesting you're right it's doing nothing interesting and it's doing nothing that's beneficial for the format if anything it's just giving like the mystic forge uh solitaire jerk off yeah. decks like uh, uh, a a commander that you know makes it so that their combo is a lot easier because they have a combo piece at their at the start mm-hmm. of the game at the ready like there's no other deck that the Zerda would see play in other than ex- like only in exactly that type of goldfish and you know fuck the goldfish decks man. Yeah. you know well, I,
1: I and you know what looking i looked back to see what uh, you know what what my thoughts were in uh 2023 and uh it, it was a yes plus, which means it was, like, yes with caveats. And it, the caveat was probably, like, it can't be a companion or something like that. Like, so this, this is a card, like, that I, I'm kind of, like, whatever, fine. Like, I, I wouldn't go to bat for, the, for this card if they were, oh, like, I, you know.
0: F- f- Forward is worth. Blanket across the, all of the banned companions. If they just removed companion and they're just reasonable, playable cards with powerful effects, that's oh, yeah, fine. I, I, would, I would test Lurrus. Without companion, yeah, for I, sure. if, I, if I had to draw Luris, like, I would test that card out, yeah. like, I'd be interested in playing with that card, but the, the fact that you just never have to waste your draw step on it, it's, it, like, it's the exact opposite on the other side of the power spectrum of, like, why I'm maybe interested in trying out Mystical Tutor and Imperial Seal, sure. like, the cost of drawing the card and then also going down a card to use it is on the far side of the spectrum compared to, oh, here's a powerful combo effect that I just have access and I never have to waste a draw step on it. It's not going down a card; it's going up a card for free, plus having the thing. And it's like that's too good, you know. Imagine if Mystical Tutor was in your command zone, and you're like, "I'm just going to pay three; I'll get a
1: Mystical Tutor, and then I'll tutor yeah, for whatever uh, I want." Uh, um. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah, that'd be insane. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's our list of cards that should be unbanned in in the year of our our Lord Urza, twenty twenty four. Um. If you have uh, opinions, if you think other cards should be unbanned, uh, I, I certainly want to hear about them, especially if you have long diatribes to write into the comments. I read those during work. I often uh, will, will respond to them. Uh, if you uh, like this episode and like episodes like them, hey, uh, we would love to have you as a patron at, at Eternal Dirtles Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dirtles. And uh, that does it for us this week. We'll see you next week with uh, something new. Thanks, everybody, for watching. For the gift that keeps on giving all year round, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. And hey, check out this playlist we got up here with all of our interviews over the last couple of years. Some great people from the Legacy community, some really great guests.